Good morning, everybody, and welcome to what will no doubt be the highlight of your life and of civilization in general. It's called Coffee with Scott Adams. It's filled with content plus sipping. And today, the news has served up delicious content. Sometimes, oh, maybe better than you've ever seen before. It's the good stuff. But if you want to enjoy the good stuff, even more than usual, all you need is a cup or a or a glass, a tanker, chelsea, stein, a canteen, jug, a flask, a vessel of any kind. Fill it with your favorite liquid. I like coffee. And join me now for the unparalleled pleasure. It's the dopamine hit of the day. The thing makes everything better. We're going to add a little oxytocin today. And it's called the simultaneous hip. Go! Well, I've been prompted by a comment over there on YouTube to remind you that sunshine is the best disinfectant. Sunshine is the best disinfectant. Or, as CNN likes to say it, don't drink bleach, you idiot. That's their interpretation. Speaking of fake news from CNN, um, apparently they're... Everybody who is smart is predicting that the U.S. power grid is going to have some serious trouble this summer. And CNN is telling us what is the, the root cause of the energy shortage to come. What do you think is the root cause, according to CNN, of why there will be short energy shortages, electricity, and blackouts? What, what would be the cause? Russia? No, 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 not Russia. Climate change. Climate change, yes. There will be the severe droughts because the temperatures will be higher and there will be ongoing droughts. I'm assuming the drought part has to do with how much water can be released from uh, hydroelectric dams, presumably. So yes, the problem is not that we've underinvested. The problem is not that we're closing perfectly good nuclear power plants too early. The power is the, the problem is not that Every single rule that has changed in, let's say, California, as a highly impacted state, um, goes against the interests of the people in terms of keeping the lights on. No, no, it's climate change. CNN has the balls, and we're going to be talking about genitalia a lot today, by the way. Uh, CNN has the balls to full-throatedly put the entire blame of this on climate change. Now, what would you do if you believed that climate change was a problem? You would probably reduce the amount of uh, fossil fuels that you're using as quickly as you could. Thank you, Greta Thunberg. And would that make the problem better because you're working hard at solving the climate change? Would it? Would that make the price of energy uh, go down and the availability be greater? No. No, no, it wouldn't. Hello, Adam. And so watch CNN try to turn the energy crisis not into a uh, Democrat governor's destroying everything, but rather it's about the climate change. Sounds like something that Republicans have broken, doesn't it? Yes, the Republicans have broken the climate, which has a cascading effect uh, all the way to your electricity going off in California. 
That is the narrative that you will be uh, abused with over the coming year. Well, I have a question about uh, Governor DeSantis. So Governor DeSantis signed a bill that will uh, increase punishments for fentanyl tracking. He is one of how many governors? 50. Why is he the only one doing this? And wasn't this free money just sitting on the table? It's the biggest problem. It's killed the most people between, what, 18 and 49? The leading cause of death. More than the pandemic. More than everything. The leading cause of death is uh, overdose and fentanyl being the biggest part of that. And so Ron DeSantis is acting directly on that problem by, you know, he acknowledges that we have to reduce the demand for it. So he's not ignoring the fact that it's half a demand problem and half a supply problem. Well, maybe it's 75% demand and 25% supply, but you have to attack both. And so he's, he's saying, yes, got to do something about the demand, but we're going to do everything we can about the supply. Now, what he has done, and he said it explicitly, is instead of treating the dealer who gives you an overdose level as a dealer, you treat them like a murderer, because they are. If you're a fentanyl dealer, you're killing people, right? Unless you've you know, sold it once to one person and they lived. But if you're a regular fentanyl dealer, you're killing people. You're a murderer. And so... DeSantis, the only governor who's figured out that that's murder, you know, changes the laws to increase the penalties, consistent with the fact that it's fucking murder. Right? It's murder. So here's my question. Am I the only one who thinks that every time Ron DeSantis does anything, he makes all the other politicians look like chimpanzees? Is, is it just my imagination? Or does he just one time after another hit the right note at the right time? It's like he's composing this symphony where every note is right, and he's competing against people who aren't trying. He makes the other leaders look like they're not trying. And I don't mean that in hyperbolic terms. Actually, literally, with no exaggeration whatsoever, no Take the politics out of it. And by the way, do I agree with everything that Ron DeSantis wants to do? Nope. Nope. I want to be very clear. I'm not a fan of his specific policies in every case, right? Some I like, some I don't. So I'm picking and choosing. I'm, I'm not like, Team DeSantis, give me your policies. Right? Same with Trump. There was a lot that Trump did that I liked, which I said loudly and often. But there were a whole bunch of things he did that I don't think were... You know, first rate. So I'm going to say the same thing about DeSantis, right? Some stuff didn't like, and I've said. But overall, if you were just to evaluate him on a skills basis, forget about policy, because that's more has to do with your political leaning, but just skill. I'm going to say that there's nobody in his uh, class anymore. He's basically operating completely alone. There's nobody in his class. The, the next best governor would have to be competed, com, uh, compared to other people. That's how bad it is. The second best governor, whoever you think that is, 
shouldn't even be compared to them because they're not in the same weight class. It's like Conor McGregor, you know, great, great fighter, right? But if you put him against the heavyweight champion of the boxing world, you know, that's a mismatch. So it doesn't matter how great your little governor is. If, if they're a completely different weight class at this point. DeSantis is completely alone in that class of leader that even if you don't like the policies, the class of leadership is, is completely alone now. There's not a Republican. There's not a, there's not a Democrat in that category. Now, here's what's interesting. If you're looking for trends, there is another person who could be this person, who's Michael Schellenberger, running for governor as an independent in California. Now, Schellenberger, like DeSantis, a completely different political animal, right? I'm not going to make a comparison in terms of their policies. But in terms of effectiveness, completely alone. Schellenberger running for governor is in a class by himself, and whoever is the second-best candidate, let's say, let's say it's Newsom, he's not in the same class. They're in a completely different weight class. All right, Newsom's a middleweight. is a heavyweight. He's coming in with fully developed, specific policies for all of the biggest problems in California, exactly the things that we need fixed. What, what does Ron DeSantis do that puts him in his own class? He solves problems as they happen with the most rational approach available, does it publicly, shows his work. It's a whole different class. Right? That's what Schellenberger's doing with the specificity of his solutions. So there might be something good happening here. If you saw both of them win, and you know DeSantis will win, but imagine if he ran for president and won. Now, that depends on what Trump does, I think, mostly. But suppose that happened. And then suppose Schellenberger wins in California. Those two points of people who just decided to lead and just do what the public needs and wants and do it in some rational way, they're really going to stand out. And then they would start getting imitators. And that's what you want. You want the imitators to say, whoa, did that work? Are you telling me that doing good policies that make sense and have worked in other places, are you telling me that that gets you elected? Just think about how close we are to the best thing ever. The best thing ever would be to have good leaders because we have everything else. Think about that thought. I'm going to say it again. The best thing that could happen in the United States is that we would figure out how to elect good leaders. And we're almost there. If both of those candidates succeed, let's say, to the next level, let's say, hypothetically, DeSantis becomes president. Hypothetically, Schellenberger becomes governor of California. They would have proved that being a, uh, a good leader who has you know, good ideas gets you elected. At the moment, that is not the case. Am I right? At the moment, getting elected means being the most outrageous, the most uh, provocative, saying the craziest things, and getting your base all worked up. And the, and the reason that that's been the way is that nobody could figure out a better way. The best they could come up with is exciting their own base. And then we, we decided that was all you could do. How many times have you heard talk of Trump 
say, okay, okay, he's not going to get any Democrats, but he's going to excite the base so much that that's good enough to get him elected. It didn't work this last time for who knows why. (laughs) But what if, what if that logic has been killing the country? Because it has been. Uh, Don't you think that the political consultants have been telling our leaders, no, 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 don't say smart things. Nobody likes that. Say whatever just gets the most attention and it's like red bee for the base. Don't you think that the advisors are all telling the politicians to do bad things to get themselves elected? It feels like it. And it feels like the Schellenbergers of the world just said, well, what if I don't? Like, what if I don't do the stupid thing to excite some base to get elected? What if I run as an independent, write two best-selling books about exactly what to do about our biggest problems? How about that? How about that? All right. You voters, Californians in particular, and then perhaps you know later if there's a DeSantis to vote for for a national office, you get to decide if the country will be run by people who have ideas that may not always be the right idea, but you can try them, see what happens, right, and adjust. But do you want a country run by leaders who have ideas that sound pretty good or people who want to excite the base? And you get a choice. You get a choice. Now, I don't know if anybody can see past their party affiliation to decide how to get to the golden age, but let me say it again. We have everything except leaders in charge, like a Michael Schellenberger, and for president, somebody like a DeSantis. We have everything but that. Imagine if we got that too. Seriously. Imagine if we got the last part, leaders who actually knew how to you know, implement things that are common sense definitely will work. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's all we need, and it's close. If, if both of those elections were won by the, the, the most competent leader, we'd be, we would have developed a... Uh, basically, it would be like running the four-minute mile. You know, before anybody ran a four-minute mile, it looked like it couldn't be done. But as soon as the first person did it, you know, lots of people could do it because the, the psychological barrier fell. Actually, I think that's a fake story. I think just the training improved. <laughs> that whole thing about the four-minute mile psychological barrier, I don't believe anything about that. I think just that the technology of training got better and somebody was going to run the four-minute mile pretty soon, and somebody did. I think that's all it was, really. But, uh, but I like using it as an example. Anyway. So if these guys get elected, it could change everything. So... Speaking of people who are not even trying, let's talk about that. Um, NBC News is, is coming down hard on Hunter Biden, which is a big story. It's not a story that it's something about Hunter Biden. That's part of the story. But the story is that NBC is doing it. Do you know who NBC is? They, they are the entity most associated with... Um, the intelligence agencies and the Democrats. So they have been, allegedly, carrying water for the CIA and for Democrats in particular. And if you see them spinning a story, 
you have to assume that it's the new preferred narrative from the left. Right? Now, CNN does the same thing, but NBC is like even deeper and darker, according to its critics. You know, I, don't have any, I don't have any special information about NBC, so I'm just talking about what, what people say about them. Uh, the, the Glenn Greenwalds, in particular, who watch this stuff. So if NBC News is coming down on Hunter Biden, that's telling you that somewhere at the top of the Democratic leadership, they've decided that Joe Biden should not be president much longer. Am I right? Would everybody agree with that assessment? That if NBC News is coming, and it looks like the gloves are off, they're coming at him very directly, and they're not hedging at all. At all. They're basically saying he's a criminal. It, it may not be illegal, but, but criminal-like, I'll say criminal-ish without necessarily being illegal. Uh, and it's so direct, and they back it up with you know their sources, which is the laptop mostly. So um, apparently Hunter earned, I don't know, $11 million over a five-year period, um, Doing deals with uh, Burisma and some, you know, and some Chinese businessman who's accused of doing terrible things. So, and it's not clear what he did for any of that. And then there were some tax issues that they had to pay after the fact and stuff. But the fact that, um, and then there's the clip of Joe Biden, dad, saying in a he actually said in his debate with Trump. He denied that uh, Hunter Biden ever did any work for, I think, the Chinese. Is that what he said? Just a complete lie about his son. Just a total lie. And this issue was probably big enough that if it had been reported correctly, it could have changed the election. So, and then uh, GOP congressional sources say that if Republicans take back the House this fall, they'll demand more documents and probe whether any of Biden's income went to his father, President Joe Biden. Is there any doubt that some of Hunter Biden's income went to his father? I feel like, I feel like the uh, emails say that directly. Now, they're talking about specific deals in the 10%. So it could be that not, not $1 of this $11 million went to his father. That could be. But do you believe that? It seems to me that their business model was established that uh, the big guy gets, gets a taste. Now, again, that doesn't make it illegal. You know, there, there's just a million ways that you can do things that skirt the law. Because if you're a family member... It's not that unusual that family members finance other family members, right? So if, uh, if Hunter Biden made a big score and bought a house or something for his father, you wouldn't even think that was unusual because families do that stuff. I mean, I've you know, helped my parents get a, get a Florida house, etc. So it's very normal that families move lots of money back and forth for lots of reasons. Um, so that part might not be illegal, or at least you won't be able to find the specific you know, link to what Hunter did. All right, here's the next in the uh, not even trying category. Um, Twitter has a head of what they call their crisis misinformation policy. So it's uh, one individual, 
who's uh, working on labeling misinformation that appears on Twitter. So if there's, I guess if there's a crisis only, you know, if it's a crisis situation, then they'll get more aggressive about labeling misinformation. And as Chuck Ross reports in the Washington Free Beacon, the person they picked, this uh, fellow named Roth, um, here are some of the things that he has in his background. Uh, he doubted the Hunter Biden laptop story. <laughs> he said there was no credible evidence that uh, it was hacked or whatever. And, uh, and in 2020, on Twitter, he referred to Trump officials as, quote, actual Nazis. He also called Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, quote, a bag of farts. Okay, I thought for a moment I was going to turn against this guy. But then when he got to the part where he he called uh, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell a bag of farts, I said, okay. Okay. If you can be that funny, I'll give you any job you want. (laughs) You can even be a conspiracy theorist in charge of the misinformation policy. I'll even let you have that. As long as you keep making good jokes, I'm all for it. Yes, Mitch McConnell does remind me of a bag of farts. I'm sorry. It's not political. It's not political. It has nothing to do with Mitch McConnell's performance. It has nothing to do with the policies he has promoted. He just does remind me of a bag of farts. And if I'm going to be honest, I have to give this fellow some credit, this Mr. Roth. So good on you for that. But the ridiculousness of having somebody with his background as the crisis misinformation policy person is wonderful. You know, at, at some point it gets so ridiculous that it's more funny than... Okay, turtle's good, too. It's more funny than bad. All right. Shall we get to the big story of the day? Are you ready for the best spin on the biggest story of the day? I'm going to talk about... Uh, the Elon Musk accusations, and it will be the best thing you heard all day. Other people will talk about this, but nobody will do it as well as I'm about to do it. Have I oversold it? Well, let's see. Let's see if I can make good on that claim. So the claim is there's a, uh, a flight attendant for the, I guess, the private jets that Elon rides in, his own company, SpaceX, And apparently one of the flight attendants learned to become a masseuse so that Elon could get a massage while he's flying. Now, you always hear about how hard he's working, but you don't hear about the fact that when he travels, he's being massaged in his private plane. When I travel, (laughs) I'm doing okay. (laughs) I'm still sitting in a little seat and I'm uncomfortable. So when I work and I go on a business trip, I'm working. It hurts. I'm in pain. I'm crunched up. I'm not eating right. I'm not sleeping right. I'm in pain. But apparently Elon Musk is uh, uh, putting everybody on his schedule so he doesn't have to get up or go to sleep at a particular time. So he has meetings at 10 o'clock at night and probably, oh God, 100 in the morning. And he's getting uh, massaged on his private jet on the way to a meeting. Now, if that were the way I worked, I could work 18 hours a day under those conditions. You would just need 
you know, your private jet and your private uh, masseur. But this uh, woman who had been a flight attendant converted to flight attendant slash massage therapist um, is accusing Elon of whipping out his member and asking for more. And then he allegedly, allegedly, we'll talk about how true this is, allegedly he offered her a horse because she had some kind of equestrian hobby. And eventually there was a 250000 payoff by the company to make her story go away. Now, as others have pointed out, 250000 is sort of like, is nothing like an admission of guilt. It's more like just making something go away at that level. It doesn't really say anything about guilt. Um, Elon Musk has completely denied the story. Completely denied it. But here's the fun part. <clears throat> More than one. Prior to this accusation, Musk had tweeted that uh, uh, on, in March of 2021, so over a year ago, um, or almost a year ago, he said, if there's ever a scandal about me, <clears throat> please call it Elongate. Elongate. And then when this scandal broke, he tweets... <clears throat> Finally, we get to use Elongate as scandal name. It's kind of perfect. (laughs) Okay. Has anybody ever handled a scandal better than that? All right. If that's the only thing he had done, if the only thing he had done is branded his own scandal, it would be the best that anybody had ever handled a scandal. He knew it was coming. He pre-branded it to make it funny. And then because it's funny the branding of it, and it's coming from him. It's hard to think of the accusation because the way he treated it is so funny. You can't beat that. Now, does anybody think that you could top that? Is there any way to handle a scandal of this nature better than that? No, you're all wrong. You're all wrong. There is a way to do it better than that. And I think he did it. This will be the only place you're ever going to hear the following thing. Are you ready for it? So then Elon Musk tweets this. There's going to be a standing ovation coming. I hope all of you are ready to help me. Because what you're about to see is maybe the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. So you think that naming his scandal Elongate before they name it, you think that's good. You haven't seen anything yet. And let me say this. He didn't become the richest person in the world by luck. It turns out he has some game. Watch this. He tweets the following. Having denied that anything like this accusation happened, he says the following in a tweet. But I have a challenge to this liar who claims their friend saw me, quote, exposed. Describe one thing, anything at all, scars, tattoos, dot, 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 that isn't known by the public. She won't be able to do so because it never happened. Now, is this why I say it's the best thing that ever happened? Is this why? That he actually challenged somebody to describe his intimate parts in a tweet. Now, I'm not done yet. Hold on. I'm not done. 
And I said to myself, I can think of a couple reasons you might do this. The first reason I thought is, well, maybe she can't do it. And then, you know, maybe there's something that he has a tattoo or something. And I thought, this is a good strategy because she won't be able to describe it in an accurate way. And then I thought, I need to tweet something. Or no, I need to search for something. It was just a wild thought in the back of my head, and I thought, I wonder, is this just a clever play, or is it the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life? And I needed to know. And so I Google searched for the size of Elon Musk's cock. And I found on a top search that his girlfriend, Grimes, apparently in public has described his cock as very large. Do you see it yet? Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, just got the entire world to figure out what it is that could be special or different, something that the public would not be necessarily aware of, that would be an identifying element of his intimate parts. And he already knows the answer. It's huge. He actually did this. May we, may we, can we take a moment? Would you join me in a standing ovation? Would you? Please, please. And a simultaneous sip for the best reaction to a public scandal of all time. Go. Now, when uh, Elon Musk challenged her to uh, describe his intimate parts, I I tweeted, I I wonder if this contest is open to the public, uh, because I have some ideas. I mean, I don't have a first-hand uh, knowledge, but I'm just going to go with a guess. And my guess was this. I, I think that, uh, that when Musk is in what we'll call the elongate phase of his excitation, uh, that he's somewhere between a Falcon 9 and a, uh, a Falcon uh, XX uh, design. Now, if you've seen these rockets, there's, there are charts of all the different rockets, the past and future, and they're all slightly different shapes. They're all, of course, phallic-shaped. But if I had to guess, probably somewhere between the Falcon 9 and, and the, uh, the Falcon Heavy, something like that. That's just a guess. I, you know, I, I stress that I'm not speaking from experience. All right. Um, speaking of uh, people who have had sex with Elon Musk, the Amber Turd trial uh, continues, and apparently Amber Turd is in trouble with uh, Australian immigration because in an unrelated case to the um, stuff she's in the news for, apparently she tried to smuggle her dogs into Australia during the pandemic, and she lied on a forum that she didn't have anything to declare. Now, let me tell you something about people who have been diagnosed with the psychiatric or personality disorder that Amber Turd has been diagnosed with. 
So that, I think it's that category B or two or whatever it is, where you've got the borderline personality and it's sort of like a vulnerable narcissist and it's sort of like hysterical something. So like three different names, but they're all in that same area. If you're in that category, you don't just lie about your boyfriend or your husband. You lie about everything all the time. <laughs> the people in that category just lie about everything. They just can't turn it off. It's just lying all the time. So do you think that she lied on an immigration form to get her dog into Australia? Well, I think so. Cl- cluster B is what it's called. Yeah, the cluster B personality disorders. When you're in there, you lie about everything. So would you believe anything she said on the trial if you know she's, been de- she's actually been diagnosed as a personality type who lies about basically everything. How, how could Johnny Depp ever lose this thing when he's competing against somebody who's diagnosed by experts as a person who lies about everything? Everything. <laughs> and who knows? The, the jury could do anything, but uh, it should be an easy case. All right, Rasmussen has a poll. Uh, if a generic Republican ran against a generic Democrat in the midterms, who'd win? And the gap is widened. So it's going from an 8% gap to 9. Uh, 48% would vote for the GOP generic candidate over 39% for the Dems. But that is misleading, isn't it? It's misleading. Because everybody thinks that their incumbent is the good one. <laughs> yeah. it, people can say, yeah, generally speaking, you know, that... I, I might vote for a Republican. But when it comes to the actual vote for their actual state, they're going to say, oh, well, mine is good. I think other people should get different public, you know, different politicians. But mine's good. I'll keep mine. So don't get too excited about these generic numbers because people don't vote generically. They vote for specific people. All right. Um... Let me ask you this general question. Apparently this, uh, getting back to this Elon Musk thing, the allegation comes not from the woman who was, apparent, who was allegedly, but we have strong denials, the victim. How often do women lie to their good friends about a sexual encounter with a man? How often do good friends, women lie about, even to their good friend, about exactly what a situation with, was with a man. <laughs> How many times have I experienced a female lying about her relationship with a man to me? Just in the last year. Maybe six to ten times. Yeah, probably, probably six to ten times, just me personally, in a variety of contexts, right? Different people have, have told me, you know, blah, 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 this was my relationship, only to later say, well, I left something out. And it completely reverses the story. Right? All the time. The, the women, I don't think women understand, maybe they do, I don't know, how often their best friends lie to them about their sexual activities. It's pretty common. 
People kind of shade the story the way that makes them look good to their friend. Yeah, it's probably closer to universally lying than you know, more often true than not. Now, let me, let me put it this way. Suppose you heard that there was a story about just an ordinary person, and they were being accused by another ordinary person of some kind of sex impropriety. What would be your first thought? Uh, one unknown is accusing another unknown of a sexual uh, crime. You'd probably think it's true. Not necessarily, but you'd probably say, eh, that's 75% probably true, because it's the person who was involved, and you know people don't make up accusations all the time. You know, so you'd say, well, probably true. Maybe not, but probably true. But what happens if you have a billionaire, and the accusation comes not from the person who is directly involved? So it's a billionaire male, and the accusation is coming from the friend of the alleged victim. What is the level of credibility you would put on that situation? Let me give you some context. How many times do I, person, I, Scott Adams, how many times have I been accused of sex crimes from people I've never met? Quite a few times. <laughs> it happens all the time. If you're a public figure, getting uh, falsely accused of sex crimes by people you literally haven't met is a routine situation. Routine. Right? So if you give me a single billionaire and the accusation comes not from the alleged victim but from the friend of the victim who you know heard only lies, because sort of that's the way it works, that's the lowest credibility you could ever put on an accusation. Yeah, and the timing of the accusations is you know, right when you expect it to happen. So right on schedule, wouldn't you say? And we've got a new endorsement for, uh, speaking of uh, Michael Schellenberger, running for governor in California, Steven Pinker just fully endorsed him. Uh, there's a pattern. The Californians who are endorsing Schellenberger are the smart ones, like the ones that everybody agrees is smart. Right. Steven Pinker, you could disagree with him or you could agree with him, but nobody's going to argue that you know, he's not smart, like he's extra smart. So if you look at the people who are endorsing uh, Schellenberger, they're not the normal people. They, they, are the, they are the dads of California, if, if I could put it that way. They, they are the smart ones. And that's not a coincidence. Because the smart ones are saying, wait a minute, you could actually solve these problems? As soon as you step out of the political frame, we have all kinds of solutions. And you have to have a certain amount of intellectual, uh, let's say, firepower before you can even entertain that possibility. Wait, there's a candidate who can step out of the narrative and just work on what works? Apparently there is. Maybe for the first time. So watching who is endorsing him is is really interesting, because these are just not the normal people. These are the people who can see the solution. They can smell it, and they, they think he's onto it, as I do. All right. Um, can he win? The answer is yes. If the, the key to Schellenberger's win is to get into the runoff. In other words, he's, he's got to beat the weaker candidates behind 
Newsom to get into the top two. If he gets into the top two, then I think it's time, then we're going to see them side by side on a debate stage. If you see them on a debate stage, Schellenberger is, is going to annihilate Newsom. It's going to be a slaughter. So yes, there, there's a very direct way for him to win. He has to get in the top two, very doable, and then he has to debate, very doable, and then he has to win, almost guaranteed. <laughs> I mean, you're, we're talking about... And by the way, Newsom's good. Newsom's a good debater. He didn't get where he is by luck, right? He's very talented. So he's, he hasn't been a good leader for California, but as a politician, one of the best, if you're just looking at the political skill, not the, not the get-stuff-done skill. But if you put him on a stage with somebody like Schellenberger who actually has the receipts, it's just going to be a bloodbath. So, yeah, um, he, has, he ab- absolutely has a path. But he has to get past the first hurdle of getting, getting into the top two. Um, Newsom, blah, 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 it's rigged, you say? Uh, have I voted for... You know, I'm not a big voter. Uh, where's the Schellenberger smear job? It's funny, the closest they came to a smear job ended up being a compliment. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, you know, I, I assume everybody's got some, some stuff they're going to have to explain, but haven't seen it yet. Um, will, oh, will he be the new face of white supremacy? I doubt it. Because that's the other thing that Schellenberger has going for him. He doesn't have some history of talking about woke stuff one way or the other. It feels like it just hasn't been on his radar, which is exactly what you want, right? You want somebody who hasn't even been drawn into that conversation. That, that's what I want. I want somebody who didn't even know what happened. <laughs> that would be going too far. But. Um, <laughs> So he's saying, Sky has a romantic notion that California can make it out of this. I do. Because I think the, uh, you know, the law of slow-moving disasters has been very consistent. And while California is heading directly in the wrong direction, we do have enough time. Yeah, we do have enough time to, to fix it. It's sudden shocks I worry about. I worry about pandemics, things you didn't see coming. Or at least, you know, not everybody saw it coming. Uh, Monkeypox is starting to rise, and it feels like it feels like there's no way to stop this monkeypox thing. Because independent of the science, I just feel like the news is going to make it the next big thing, and then it will just become the next big big thing. Um, does the Adams Law account for irrational California voters? Yes, it accounts for everything. In the long run, we're really, we, meaning humans, are really, really good at solving big problems in the long run. And no matter the politics, no matter anything, in the long run, we have solved every, um, every problem that would have wiped out civilization. We've solved them all. All right. And I believe I've done everything I need to do. Would you agree that this is the best show you've ever seen and that nobody will treat the Elon Gates scandal 
as well as I did. Can we all agree on that? Yes, it's the best ever. Okay. And now, uh, they hid, what, his tweets from last night? Really? So there's an accusation here that, that some of Elon's tweets were hidden by Twitter. I don't know about that. But tomorrow, maybe even better. Who knows? I mean, you didn't think today would be so good, did you? Nobody knew how good it would be today. But tomorrow could be even better. You never know. All right. That's it for now. I'll talk to you later, YouTubers.